Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hello and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. Welcome back to the End of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, and I have an awesome guest with me here today. This has been a long time coming, so I'm so happy that we're here and we made it. Um, Claire, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Yes. Thank you for having me. We've literally been talking about this for months, so we're we're both excited that this is finally happening. <laughs> for sure. And this will be like basically a part one, part two type of deal. So Claire also has a podcast, which we're going to get into with everybody today. But just so you all know, um, we will have two episodes. So tune into both because we'll be continuing the conversation over on Claire's podcast too. Yes. Yay. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into business? For sure. So I... We'll try to keep this as brief as possible. I get I get long-winded when I talk about my story. <laughs> um, essentially, I like to call it my quarter-life crisis is what spurred me into where I am today, what I feel like is the other side of that now. But essentially, I was in this corporate job, which truly nothing wrong with that, but it was one of those things that... I had known for a while that the time for me to still be there, like it had passed. It had definitely ran its course. It was no longer serving me. Um, It was in all of the traditional societal ways. I was making very solid money. I was doing very well in terms of like, you know, the standards that they were holding me to. I was a top salesperson and I don't say any of this to be, you know, bragging about it or anything. I truly just like to share that because I think so many people have this moment in their lives where they might feel that similar type of feeling creeping up of like, oh, this is no longer feeling good to me. This is taking more out of me than it's pouring back into me. And I know that I personally sat in that job that I knew wasn't for me, that lifestyle, honestly, that wasn't for me. The job was just a, a huge piece of it since I was spending, you know, 60 hours a week doing it. Um, that I felt so much guilt and so much shame because nothing was quote unquote wrong. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was exactly what I had worked for. It was exactly what I went to school for. 
quite frankly, a lot of people would have traded positions with me. Nothing, you know, nothing was wrong. I was actually like thriving from all societal standards. And I felt pretty disgusted with myself for a long time because I didn't know why I was so unhappy. And so again, I could talk about that for a while, but long story short, that launched me into just questioning everything and kind of figuring out for myself, why was I so unhappy? Why was I so apathetic? Honestly, is probably the best word for it. Like when I had everything I'd worked for and it brought me down this, you know, now two year journey in the other direction at this point of reconnecting with myself the true self, not the conditioned self, not what everybody wanted me to be, not what I thought I was, not what I thought I wanted to be. Um, And that's kind of how I've landed where I'm at today, which is helping other people through those similar types of situations of, I call them, you know, identity crisis moments, existential crisis moments, whatever you want to call it. But I support people, I guide people to reconnect back with themselves, like back to that soul level of who you are. Um, So you can actually find the alignment, the clarity, the purpose, the fulfillment, whatever word you're seeking, you can find that, which you really can only do when you know yourself, your true self. Oh my gosh. So beautifully said. I love everything that you mentioned. Like really nothing was wrong. I can relate to that. I know so many other people can. And I remember for me, it would like play out in my body because I was ignoring a lot of the thoughts that I was having. Um, So I ended up having like physical symptoms. And I'm sure you could speak to some of that with some of your clients or even yourself and what that looks like, because for me, it was very confusing. So do you have any tips for us if we're kind of confused, you know, by what's happening? For sure. I think it's, first of all, just really funny you bring that up because I had an experience with the physical symptoms, even now, you know, six, seven months out of that situation. I had this a situation with that last week when you know, I won't give away too many details just for protection purposes of my old uh, position, but I basically was re-offered a job at my former company in, in the way that I would have wanted it. Like basically what I would have wanted three years ago, like we'll give you whatever you want type of thing, like the ideal situation. We will set that up for you if you would come back. And, you know, obviously I said no. And I think the point of this was I truly from a conscious level and like, you know, vocally, I had no problem saying no, I was very confident in my position. I feel very certain now. And my body still had the visceral response when the second I saw my former employer's name calling me, my hand was shaking so much that I literally had to take the call on speakerphone because my hand was quaking, um, which is again, like truly has nothing to do with the company that I worked for, the position or anything. It was just the visceral reaction of how much stress that my body immediately jumped to when it thought about being back in that position. And you're spot on. Like for me, it was something where I was so dissociated and so disconnected from my body that now in hindsight, I can clearly see all of that. I didn't notice it in the moment though. I didn't notice how viscerally my body was reacting. I did lose 30 pounds that I didn't need to lose um, the year before I decided to leave my company. 
when, it, when things really got like, I don't want to be here. And of course, like, that's a whole nother topic. People are like, wow, you look great. Like, and you're just like, thanks. I didn't mean to do this. This was fully stress related. I think everybody experiences it in a different way, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And um, that said, whether you're noticing it live in the moment or not, knowing that you're out of alignment, whether it's your body signaling to you or you're just so distraught with the fact that you're living the life that you're currently living, whatever the signal is, don't ignore it. Like that's, that's like the biggest tip that I would give people is like, whichever way your body is screaming loudest at you, that this is no longer for you. Listen to it. It's signaling for a reason. And to your point, it often comes through the body because that's like the last ditch effort that our body gives us. Um, Cause usually we're not listening to the thoughts we're list- like, we can't ignore the physical symptoms though. When those hit, we, we have to pay attention. <laughs> God, that's so good. I love how you explained getting the call from them and like quaking. I've had certain situations happen to that happening to me, like after leaving my job, very similar as well. And it most of the time happens when that stress, like when you, it's almost like your body takes memory of what it was like when you were operating at that level of stress. And exactly how you said, it's like in an instant, you're back to that moment and your body is having the same reaction. And yeah, if you ignore it, it will just get worse and you will become unhealthy and so many things can happen. So when you really started to see this shift happening for you, when was the time that you were like, okay, I'm done, I'm quitting, I'm walking away, you know, just because I know so many of our listeners are right where you were and probably wishing that they could leave, but they're having that same type of guilt or money situations, which I want to get into in a few few moments, (laughs) more about the money stuff. For sure. I can definitely speak to that. I would say there were kind of two moments in my like, oh, I've got to do something (laughs) part of, of that journey. And I also will just take a step back and say, it is frustrating. Like that position is one of the most frustrating because you're at the point where you can feel clear enough that you know, you need to change the situation, but you almost get into that like paralysis by analysis state of I want, I don't want to get trapped in the same situation somewhere else. So you want to make the right move, the quote unquote right move. Like there is a possible thing as being the right move or the wrong move. It's like, you almost just don't take any steps because you're too scared that it's going to be the wrong one. And so to that point, that was kind of where I was at for a long time. Like I probably sat in that for about a year, maybe a year and a half. And one day I had, this was like peak COVID. So my husband and I were both working from home. I had a horrible work call. I literally was like, you know, doing the fake throw the computer across the room. Like every expletive possible was coming out of my mouth. Um, And I was about to chuck my laptop, not really, but it was in my hands across the room. And my husband came in and said, something that, you know, shook me, but also was exactly what I needed to hear. And he basically was like, you talk all this talk about how much you've evolved and how you meditate all the time and you journal and you're doing all these things. And like, I just feel like you should know that 
you're actually probably the most out of alignment that I've ever seen you. Like you're so stressed out. You're really just kind of a pain in the ass to be around because all you do is complain about your situation and you do nothing to change it. And he has given me permission to share this because it truly was like one of those moments that was such a slap in the face, but it was from somebody that I know would not say that if it didn't, if it wasn't the truth. And it was what I needed to, in that moment to decide, like, I think it was literally within two weekends of that was when so many things shifted for me. I decided to take action. I didn't know what action was best, but I just started trying anything that interested me. Basically, I had the thought, why do I need to find my my way out before I just find what I like? And so I just started doing things and following things that lit me up and that I actually wanted to do. And again, back to the like, this was taking so much energy out of me. What will pour energy back into me? It doesn't have to be monetized. It doesn't have to be a job to take another step out. And, um, you know, ultimately that then a few months later led me to an idea that was a job and I did create a business and I was able to leave. So that was number one. And what I, what I always like to say now that I can kind of clearly see in hindsight happened for me is the discomfort of staying in that position, staying in my circumstances grew more unbearable than the fear of how uncomfortable it was going to be to figure something else out and to, you know, quote unquote, start over and leave and figure things out all over again. Cause I had been at that job since I graduated college. I was there for seven years. Um, so it's not like I, it was even like a new position or something. Like it was very challenging for me to leave that familiarity and stability and start over. But it got to the point, yeah, where I was just like, this is, this is not it. And I can't stay here another day, <laughs> basically. Oh my gosh. I love this because so many of the questions that I get, which I'm sure you can relate to, especially from people that might be just entertaining this idea of entrepreneurship. They're like, how do you deal with this? You know, like it feels so intense when you're in the moment. And now looking back, like for us, it's been a few years. Like for me, I'm going on year five this year. So it's like, oh, that was like so long ago. You just do it. You know, <laughs> it's not really like that. It's It feels so intense. You have to be able to say to yourself, what's going to make me happy today? And how can I start to lean into that? And I know another huge piece that comes up, which you already touched on, but that money side, how can we find, you know, out of scarcity, where, where we can start to make movement? Um, because I find so many of my clients and a lot of our listeners just get stuck in that moment. It's like, how do we wrap our heads around the money? Oh my gosh. It's, it's such a good question because I think that's probably the biggest hangup for most people. It's, it's a hangup if it's not the biggest one for everyone, I think in that situation, um, whether you're deciding to leave to become an entrepreneur, or if you're just deciding to leave a, a quote unquote job that has been stable for you in the past security wise. Um, and that kind of is making me think of a conversation that I actually just had with a friend who is also an entrepreneur today, actually this morning. And we were talking about how it's so funny how now on, on this side of things, you can 
clearly see this construct, if you will, of like this corporate world. Again, not that anything is wrong with that, but that we think there is innately so much stability and security to be found in it. And I think right now we're sitting in a situation where over the past few years, we've seen mass layoffs and like just these huge shifts in this world that's like so quote unquote stable when really is it that stable more so than something that you can control where you're putting your own resources and how you're using them and how you're spending them and all of those things. Um, Not to say that entrepreneurship is a walk in the park. It's certainly not, but it's like at the end of the day, I would rather be doing something that supports me in the ways that make me happy and fulfilled. And I can figure out the money piece in the background. And I will just say too, I was coming from that corporate job. I was, you know, I was making multiple six figures. Like I was doing very well, (laughs) financially doing very well. I was really kicking ass over there and like getting all the awards, you know, like getting the trips to Hawaii, like doing the things. And I basically, to me, I hit that moment and recognized, oh, wow, this is the pinnacle. And and I'm still this unhappy. So for me, it was actually kind of like it had the opposite effect where I made all of that money that I thought was what I wanted. And I thought that's what I had been seeking. And it was actually not it at all, which I know so many people say, and it's played out. And I'm by no means saying that making a lot of money is not great. Like it is great, but it's not worth sacrificing your own needs for in the process, which I think that experience for me personally, that was exactly the effect that it had on me. It was, it was like a, an aha moment of like, oh, was this worth it? And I basically hit a point where I didn't have my business created by the time I left. I I did, but it was half-baked at the time. And I wasn't ready to start making money in it yet. But I, again, that was where that like discomfort got so strong that I was like, I'll go be a waitress. I'll go work at a coffee shop. I will go work at a bookstore. I will figure something else out. I know how to make money. If I just made this much money doing something that was so out of alignment for me, I have no doubt that I'm going to be able to make money doing something that I love. It's just going to take me a second to figure out how to do it. That was, that was my thought with it. That is so good because that's where I think so many people need to get, but they might not even let their minds go there where money is just become the pinnacle of all being, you know, like literally nothing else matters and we'll ignore every other part of ourselves to get that money. And, you know, on past podcast episodes, I've had people come on that talked about how greedy they got and then they end up going bankrupt. Like when you, especially you, Claire, like being able to see, okay, I have all the money. I can buy anything I want. I can go anywhere I want. And I still hate this. Like I still somewhat hate this waking up every day. What is, what is it worth? You know, like especially because I lost my dad at such a young age and I saw him get up and go to work every single day and hate it, like really, really hate it. I mean, it ended up killing him from all of the stress. That's what I believe at least. And 
it's terrible to watch that. And then you realize when you get into your older years, like this year, I'll be 27, which I know sounds young to a lot of people, but you know, I lost my dad like 12 years ago, you know? So it's a long time for me to process everything. And I would just, I just never wanted to waste a moment like that, you know? And when I started to feel it in my job too, it was like, we are sharing it's, body symptoms. Like I couldn't ignore it. And I had to start putting my health first, but I love what you mentioned about the money really wasn't worth it because we end up climbing this ladder and then we get there and it's like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, what was the point kind of thing? Totally. I got to a point where I, I almost sat there when I got the biggest paycheck I've ever received in my life. And I was like, what number would have been worth what I just went through over the past year? And I'm, I literally was like, you know, of course, like you first come up with just like some figures that are bigger than what you got. And then it didn't take long for my brain to go, actually, no, like I just would rather have not done it. <laughs> I would have rather not done it. Do I regret it? No, I think it had to be a part of my path. But to your point of watching somebody go through that, I think this is important to share as well. I think think for me, a biggest, the biggest piece of the financial situation was not my own issues. I had no doubt, and I still have no doubt, even as scary as it is, that I will be able to make that doing something that I love, even if it means like doing a little bit of hustling or having a different job that I'm way overqualified for in the meantime, you know, something like that. Like that's, that's fine. I'm okay with that. The scariest thing for me was that I am married. I am in a long-term partnership with somebody and I have been the breadwinner for seven years at that point. And it was very scary for me to even bring up the topic of, I want to change this situation where I've been holding the weight and not feel guilty about that. I wanted to share that because it just feels important to share because if anybody else is in that situation, when I got clarity on why I wanted to leave, I I think to your point, it was so apparent for him already. And he basically was just like, okay, already so fully supportive because he, you heard, he was like, you're miserable to be around. Like I was so dreadful about how I was spending as you just heard, you know, the majority of your time when it is a full-time job like that, like you're spending hours and hours and hours a week doing this. And that's going to bleed into your personal life, whether you want it to or not. So I think that, you know, we hype ourselves up so much for like the worst case scenario. And that just rarely is what's going to happen, including in conversations, these difficult conversations. (laughs) So good. So good to hear you say that because even a lot of the internal conversations I'm having now too is like partnership and money conversations and how to have these conversations with our partner. And, you know, a lot of the end in mind listeners know this. I inherited money at a young age after my dad died. So money has always been a topic in my life, you know? So it's like, but when I moved in with my boyfriend, he did not really talk about money growing up. So it was a whole new life and experience for me to figure out how to navigate and like you said, hold space for one another and be able to support one another, you know, during these times and also realize that 
in a relationship financially as much as emotionally it is a give and take and at times you're either supporting each other or you're being the one supported and you have to be able to receive that which when I went through my pivot earlier this year it was very similar I was like you know money might not be coming in for a while and like I was supporting us through COVID and things like that you know so it's really hard to have those conversations but yeah not building it up in your head and allowing yourself to know that they might already be processing it behind the scenes. For sure. And I think too, uh, something that is worth sharing here is that the more you can be clear yourself on why you're, the easier that conversation is going to be. I think it got to the point where it wasn't as scary to have the conversation because I wasn't trying to plan my defense in case it did go in a direction I didn't want it to because it wasn't something to defend about. It was like, I know what I want. I know what I need. I know why I'm doing it. Whether it makes sense to anyone else or not, I know that I'm confident enough in the why that I can articulate it and I can just not be talking from the ego and saying what you need me to say in response. I'm like, speaking from my heart space, which is what's driving me to do this in the first place. And that allows me to not be scared of whatever is going to come up in the conversation. I'm going to be able to answer it by just staying authentic and saying what I actually feel instead of just saying the fastest thing possible to get out of this uncomfortable conversation, which I think a lot of us do, whether it's about money or not in relationships, in any situation where we're just having an uncomfortable conversation, you sometimes just want to say like the the thing that's going to end it (laughs) as fast as possible. Um, And I knew before going into any of these conversations about leaving my job and, you know, basically doing a full blown 180 on my life that the more that I could advice detox, number one, and make sure that what I was feeling was my own and I was super, super clear on it, the easier all of these conversations and and therefore the actual journey and support itself was going to end up being. Gosh, it's so good. I love how you mentioned the clarity that you gained through this. And can you tell us a little bit more about how you found that clarity? I find it very difficult. A lot of our listeners also identify as highly sensitive. So I'm a highly sensitive as well. Um, it's difficult to discern at times, like even what when my partner's feeling scarcity or when my mom's feeling scarcity and it's not me feeling scarcity, you know? For sure. Yes, yes, yes. I will say, you know, just a couple things. Number one was what I kind of brought up earlier. The second that I started to take action in any direction that was aligned for me, whether it was to build a business or to make money elsewhere, literally just doing things that I wanted to do for the first time. And like, not that my friend group wanted to do, not that me and my husband wanted to do, or me and my sister wanted to do, like, what do I want to do? If somebody joins me, cool. They don't have to though. That was a huge shift for me. Some of it panned out. Some of it, I was like, well, that's not for me. I'm not going to do that again. Um, And that's fine. That, that was a huge learning process for me. And for some people that might be like, what were you doing with your life before? And for other people listening, I know there's enough people out there like me who 
maybe have always just gone with the flow and prided themselves in that. And at a certain point, like you really lose touch with who you actually are and what you actually like personally. Um, so that was a part of my experience. And then the other piece that was like very instrumental for me specifically was I went deep down the rabbit holes of human design and astrology. Um, and I incorporate that in my work now too, because I find it so, so helpful. And I don't think you have to, you know, quote unquote, believe in it to get something out of it and to just use it as a tool. It's not the end all be all, but it will point to things in your personality that are helpful to know. So great. And can you tell us a little bit more about what that experience is like uh, when people work with you and deciphering their human design and how that's been able to help you and help them overcome some of these patterns that they might be facing within themselves? What I feel like if I had to wrap it into a term, it would be I'm coaching about self-discovery. Like, this whole process is about reconnecting with yourself at a soul level, not the self that you've believed you were up to this point that led you to this state of distress. So what it looks like when I work with people in terms of like the one-on-one coaching is we start with something that I also have as a one-off, but we do it as the first stage of the one-on-one coaching. It's called the self-discovery intro package. And it's basically this like deep dive into your birth chart and into your human design and then a um, 90 minute integration coaching call. This is all helpful. You're able to reference it after the fact, but let's talk about the dots that we can connect here, the common threads, the biggest takeaways so that you don't just know this information. You can actually take it with you and use it to live a life that is going to be most supportive for your unique makeup, if you will. You know, from the human design perspective, it's all about energetics and how we are best giving our energy, but also the reception side of it as well. How are we most receptive? How are we going to absorb, to your point, like what's mine and what's theirs? Kind of understanding, I think, in both of those tools, I see them both as spectrums. Every placement, every, you know, aspect of it is going to show us a lower expression, a shadow expression, whatever you want to call it, and also a higher expression of how this can manifest. And we basically get to choose how it's going to play out by seeing how all these puzzle pieces play together. So um, in terms of the coaching, when they can get that picture, then we get to use it for the four month period of working together. We can use that language. We can use that information to then continue to peel back the layers and then rebuild back up based on what we now know is truly them versus what they were told they were <laughs> this whole time. Um, there's obviously way more to it than that, but it's, it's very much a deconditioning process and a rebuilding into empowerment of who you authentically actually are. And probably the biggest piece of feedback I get when I give readings or in my coaching is like, this was so validating. You basically just put words to something I haven't been able to articulate. And hearing somebody else say it is what gives that perspective shift around how they can actually use use these things as a strength and not see them as what's actually holding them back. It's like, oh, I, no wonder I keep running into blocks with this. Like this is challenging for me and it seems easy for everybody else. 
But you're saying if I do it this way, it actually is going to flow more, which I have evidence of because of X, Y, and Z thing. Like that's normally what comes up for people, but they're scared to trust in that and to follow that intuition that they already were aware of because it's not what's happening for everybody else. But that's the whole point. Like we're all unique. So beautifully said. It's so true. And I love how you can connect the dots because I know so many of us, especially as like highly sensitives, there's a lot of open areas and we're unclear of why maybe this person's emotion is affecting us more than this person. And how can we start to compartmentalize and look at ourselves as us, you know, and not every single other projection of us that we've taken on. And I just want to come back to that identity that you mentioned. I remember the first time in college when I started to really look at identity and what identity is. And it was a huge mind blowing moment for me. Like, I don't even know who I am or like what I'm doing with my life and everyone else looks like they do. And in reality, most of us have no clue. Even the person that has that high achieving job, like Claire is mentioning, because it was her, they might not even know who they are either. It's probably highly likely that they don't. And it kind of gives you that power back so you can step into who you are. Such a great approach to how how to utilize all of the internals that we don't really know how to apply at times to business. For sure. I, I always think of it as like, these are really helpful tools to just support you in going with the flow, whatever that flow looks like for you. I think that's that's something that's like, you know, all over the place, like more ease in business. It doesn't have to be hard. And it's like, it doesn't. And what's not hard for you might be really hard for somebody else. And I think that's that's what's somewhat frustrating to me of what I see all over the internet and with, you know, a lot of what's going on today. And I I like to kind of talk people off the ledge a little bit and calm them down and be like, look, what's flowing for you might not be flowing for this person. And that's okay. It's recognizing what your flow is and that their flow might actually be resistance for you. And I think that's a really helpful thing, which like now I'm kind of shifting into like, I'm still working with the existential crisis, but I'm doing a lot more with business to your point, like with entrepreneurs and with people building businesses, because it's so supportive to understand how your energy is best received and also your ebbs and flows with your energy cycles in general as well. Like that's supportive for everybody, whether you run a business or not. (laughs) Gosh. Yeah. So true. It's, it's like really helps you in your daily, you know, stay grounded and stay grounded in who you are. This was so great. Can you tell us how everybody can get in touch with you? Of course, we'll have all of your links in the show notes. Um, but what's the best way for our listeners to reach out to you if they, when they have questions? Because I know they will after this great tip that you gave us all about identity and crisis. Yes. Um, so I'm not going to spell my name since it will be in the uh, in the notes. Um, but you can go to my website, which is clairecompagna.com. That's a really good place to just see all of my offerings. They're on the work with me page. 
And then um, I'm very active on Instagram too. Like in terms of please message me, I love connecting with people. Even if you're not going to buy anything, like I just like talking to people about this stuff. And my Instagram is Claire.Campania. So Claire period Campania. Perfect. And if you guys are multitasking, which I know you all normally are, all of the links are in the show notes. So screenshot it, go hang out with Claire and I on Instagram. If you're unable to find her, just shoot me a DM. I'm happy to connect you both. I know you all can walk away from some really great knowledge from today, but also in her content, she has a great Instagram page and an awesome website too. So I've actually been to a few of Claire's workshops and they're out of this world. So definitely go hang out with her over on Insta, check out her workshops and thanks so much for being here, Claire. This was great. Of course. Thank you so much. Hi to everybody. Thank you for listening the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great. Okay. Well, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to The End in Mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.